Hello and welcome to Theoretically Theatrical. In this series, we peek behind the curtain and explore the world of performance. Today, we will be taking a look at Theatre of the Absurd. Encountering absurdist performance for the first time is a little like popping a spot. Unsettling, but also enjoyable. The humour, the use of language, the odd and disturbing themes all come together to create strangely, satisfyingly, unsatisfied experience. I'm not making much sense, but but that's okay. Most of the characters we're going to meet don't either. Many people have seen, read, or know about at least one absurdist play. Waiting for Godot, Rhinoceros, or Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. They're all very Marmite, if you know what I mean. Eslin believes that Theatre of the Absurd grew out of the tumultuous landscape of France in the 50s and 60s. The decline of religious faith was masked until the end of the Second World War. By 1942, Albert Camus was calmly putting the question why, since life had lost all meaning, man should not seek escape in suicide. War is absurd. Purposeless life is absurd. As Eslin points out, we have Camus and the myth of Sisyphus to thank or blame for all of this. In 1942, Camus created a philosophical thought experiment around Sisyphus, who was forced to roll a boulder uphill for all eternity. When he was nearly at the top, he would lose his grip and it would roll all the way back down again. Camus compares human life to this myth and asserts that we perform repetitive and seemingly meaningless tasks. Despite this, humanity imposes ideas of order and structure. We struggle with or hide from the absurdity of existence. This might be seen as a very gloomy look at life, but Camus ends his essay by saying that the only way to escape absurdity is to use happiness as a form of rebellion. If Sisyphus is happy, then it's not a punishment. By being joyful and confronting the struggle, you create your own identity. Eve! It was in part this philosophy that inspired the seminal works of absurdist theatre. Zhang Zhu discusses some of the common artistic themes in the genre. The playwrights of the theatre of the absurd engaged in creating extremely grotesque plays, both in form and contents, which reveals the conditions of human beings' existence in modern society. Recurring themes include the antique reactor, they have grotesque personalities and despair at the hopelessness of life. They frequently talk to themselves and their language is deteriorated. This makes them difficult to understand. They will have incongruous behaviors and express strange ideas. There is no fixed form or regularity. Characters seem to answer entirely different questions to the ones they have been asked. They directly contradict reality. All conversation becomes relevant. It is almost impossible to follow their train of thought. Language becomes subordinate to poetic imagery. This opens up a new dimension to the stage. The plot of this place is complicated by characters whose motivations and actions are incomprehensible. This makes them seem less human. Because we struggle to identify with characters, the scenarios quickly become funny. The audience is forced to become outside observers rather than participants. Let's look at some of the classic absurdist plays to see if we can get a context for all this. 
Another pointless task, but this is the boulder that I choose to roll. Samuel Beckett, Waiting for Godot. A play where nothing happens. While waiting for a man who never arrives, the two main characters speak about seemingly everything and anything. It has no conventional plot. Many people try to read meaning into who Godot is. God? Death? The subconscious? Perhaps the most believable reading is that Godot represents hope. Beckett cannot bring himself to let go of all sense. Hope can still exist in an absurd setting. It just can't be physically present. Hope gives the character's experience a purpose. The two tramps speak continually, sometimes to each other and sometimes to themselves. Their conversations are messy and without regularity. They seem to have no personalities and reveal very little personal information. The meaning of their lives is endless waiting. Eugene Ionesco, Rhinoceros The play depicts a strange epidemic where everyone in the city, except for one man, transforms into rhinos. Some of the themes include overpopulation, the dangers of aggressive social movements, and feeling alienated from your social group. Penhall asserts that the play identifies and highlights the disturbing absurdity of creeping transformation and cruelty. They note that it follows absurd tradition by making language meaningless, with most of the characters devolving into animalistic noises. This also demonstrates the erasure of a person's identity as they are consumed by a movement. Throughout the play, there is a repetition of visual and textual motifs. These signal to the audience that the characters are trapped in a vicious cycle by their behaviour. The main character, Berenger, becomes a classic absurdist anti-hero by being passive, inflexible, cowardly and judgmental. The other characters are not particularly likeable either. They proclaim philosophical ideas without seeming to fully understand their consequences. Through these characters, Ionesco implies that relying on one system of logic is problematic. Ionesco tells us that a new dramatist rejects traditionalism to discover tradition. By synthesising the real and the imaginary, the individual and the collective, and expressing our fears into humanity, the playwright can overcome social boundaries to convey a message. Jean Genet The Blacks, a clown show. The title immediately makes you uncomfortable. The play demonstrates and explores the absurdity of racism. Through three ritualistic settings of a funeral, sacrifice and trial, the white establishment is undermined. Everyone in the cast is black, and they dress up and impersonate white people in a way that is reminiscent of the minstrel shows that mocked black Americans. All the characters in the play are constrained by the absurd system. It prevents true communication and denies all desires. Because it was created by white people, Genet firmly places the failure with them. The play is entirely ritual. Meaning is expressed by the repetition of symbolic action, although black people have been denied the dignity of man and the emotions of the real world. This is a common theme for absurdist theatre. In societies described by the theatre of the absurd, The relationship among people is measured through materiality. People who live in this society for a long time will feel lonely and indifferent. Characters seldom communicate and hardly believe in each other. They hide themselves and lose their sense of self. The play ultimately demonstrates that love and compassion survives the absurdity of the oppressive system. 
It is possible to establish genuine human contact through love, as the characters Virtue and Village have literally turned their backs to illusion at the very end of the play. Genet examines social rituals through a subversive lens to create a narrative of race relations and personal ethics. The rituals performed by the black characters are very self-aware. This contrasts with the lack of self-examination in the white characters. When these rituals and literal masks are taken away from the white characters, they are exposed to their own absurdity. Harold Pinter The Birthday Party This is set in a single room. During the party, aggressively absurd questions are asked and the actions of the characters become uninhibited and damaging. It can be argued that the play explores unhealthy family dynamics brought about by lack of self-examination. Pinter devalues language throughout the play with characters often directly contradicting the actions taken. This play speaks plainly of the individual's pathetic search for security, of the tragedy that arises from lack of understanding between people on different levels of awareness. The play, and Pinter's work as a whole, centralises the theme of incompleteness. Things end, but little is resolved. Characters have indifferent attitudes to the actions around them. They are made to feel unconcerned and unmerciful. Love and mutual assistance are meaningless, and there is no love or trust among them. It has also been suggested that the play is an allegory for death and isolation. That seems to be a bit of a common theme for absurdist plays. Everything is death. Natural elements conspire to isolate the characters from each other. Stanley, the main character, isolates himself to hide from his past. This deteriorates his quality of life. It limits his agency and ability to form meaningful relationships, and eventually his ability to communicate at all. You may have noticed that all the playwrights we've covered are male. Theatre of the Absurd has been a very masculine space. Female identifying writers and researchers have started to challenge this male exclusivity in the hope of making the term more inclusive and provide a space to recognise the different experiences of life. To this end, Celeste Dirksen examined the works of female playwrights through the lens of the absurd. The subject of absurdism can be constructed and read from a more overtly political, socially engaged standpoint. We see an exploration of the performance of femininity and the reality of existing as a woman in the works of Margaret Hollingsworth and Beth Henley. Male theatre of the absurd focuses on philosophy and rarely tries to destabilize the social construction of gender or the way that different bodies are treated by society. Since the white male body is seen as the default, they have never personally encountered the absurdity of existing in a body that does not fulfill that norm. In The House That Jack Built, Hollingsworth demonstrates the ludicrous effects of gender, and in Crimes of the Heart, Henley asks what it means to exist in a female body. The characters, both male and female in these plays, are trapped by preconceived gender roles and structures. When witnessing absurd theatre, a normal response is to try and make meaning out of what is presented. What was behind it all? What was the reason? We want certainty. And I think that that is the point. The meaning is that flailing sensation the performance creates in the audience. We want Godot to be God because then we can slot the play into our preconceived framework and move on. But that framework can lead to all sorts of alienating and dehumanising ideas. Racism, xenophobia, sexism, not to mention the multitudes of mental disorders that come from this desire for certainty. 
by denying us the ability to compartmentalise, the absurdist playwrights encourage us, like Camus before them, to examine our framework and its failings, and perhaps begin to create a new and more inclusive one. Why did you listen? Why aren't you interacting? There's a Facebook and Twitter, so why don't you use them? What is Facebook? And why are you listening to birds? It is a pit of human despair, parental misunderstanding, and data leaks. And no one should listen to the birds. Should they listen to us? Why don't you subscribe and hear more? Your label is Dirksen, and your voice is Ariana Ellis. Your name tag is Estlin, and your voice is Katrina Scott. And Ju's voice was Audrey Wong. The Sisyphean presenter calls themselves Rosie Beach. Has this been a Yorick radio production? Why are you two still here? I put you in your boxes. Run! Brecht, start the car!